All right. Welcome to episode six of the Black Sheep Podcast. Um, I am Jessica and my wife over here, Jen. Today's episode is the seven eight. COVID. Eight. Oh, yeah. Eight. eight. Okay, let's say eight COVID conspiracies that turned out to be true. Yeah, we're going over the COVID era today. Um, and we wanted to just acknowledge first, preparing for this podcast was very triggering for both of us. It brought back so much that we experienced and endured over, was it three years? Um, and so just a heads up that this, this episode might bring up a lot of stuff for you listening. Um, a lot of things that we experienced during this time, we're going to talk about um, some of the feedback from those that uh, listen um, or watch on Instagram, sorry, follow on Instagram. And we're going to talk about what we saw as far as major events and what we experienced during that time. Um, but before we start, we just wanted to talk about at the very beginning of the COVID era, our fear was very real. Jess and I both experienced tremendous fear about what was on the news and this looming doom that was coming. And I remember going to the grocery store with a mask and gloves on before, with gloves, yeah, before um, anybody knew anything. And I remember saying to the woman in front of me at the checkout, aren't you scared? Like, aren't you scared? Like, I'm really scared right now. And Jess went to the hardware store with a respirator on at one point. Like we were, her dad came to visit from Grand Ben and we wouldn't let him use our bathroom. Like we had, the fear was real. And then my dad ended up being totally, like then we switched. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We just switched roles. Yeah. Once the fear dissipated for us. Yeah. But. And it's, that was even um, interesting to me reflecting yesterday because I was pretty awake to these agendas prior, right? So it just, it kind of is interesting how you can get sucked back into the narrative. Like I started paying attention and, and getting involved too much in the gay narrative, the LGBTQ narrative, which um, inherently rolls in uh, social collectiveness, uh, climate change, racism, everything is rolled into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just start kind of sharing those narratives. So it was just so crazy to me that I, I knew, like Alex Jones said 20 years ago that they're going to control us and kill us with vaccines. And I knew, I, I, I mean, I, as crazy as that sounded then, I mean, I knew that, that he had said that. So to have had that come down and bought into it and been actually scared Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. And you can go back to my Instagram and have a peek because I, I don't think I've ever deleted an Instagram post. And you see the picture of me in Wearing a mask. A respirator. Yeah, in a respirator with like leather gloves on <laughs> to go into Lowe's to get <laughs> to get supplies. We were scared, right? When you're scared, when you're that scared, your prefrontal cortex is shut off. So your thinking brain, the part where you use logic and rational thinking shut off and you are in survival mode and we were definitely in that state of fear like you were playing street hockey with a mask on at one point 
This is like the anti-masker right here. <laughs> like the anti-masker. The, at the beginning, we were very much part of a strong group in our neighborhood. And we would all be outside and we would meet up daily. And it slowly started to dwindle uh, how much we would meet because of the fear taking over people. But I do remember at a certain point standing outside with all of the, with everyone and just kind of reflecting and thinking, you know, things are going to be different. As much as I was scared, there was a part of me that was, I don't know if the, the word excited is, it's not, it doesn't really resonate as the right word, but I knew there was a deep inner knowing that something profound is coming mm. and big shifts are coming and that those shifts are going to be good shifts. And they were for our life, mm -hmm. for you and me and how we grew and changed over the, the past few years was the big internal and external awakenings that brought us to where we are now. Yep. And I don't regret any of that. Absolutely not. So let's get into the COVID era um, and talking about the eight conspiracy theories that came true. That came true. Okay, I took so much heat from for this one because it was uh, wasn't long after April, give or take, that I started to completely change my tune. Um, basically, I think we we touched on it a little bit before, but the the ten day or fifteen day flatten the curve was the fucking most absurd thing they could have done because all I did in that time period was sit on my fat ass at the time because I was a vegan. <laughs> And eat potato chips because they're vegan and research, um, yeah, research this, which was that um, COVID-19 was leaked from a lab in Wuhan. And I got uh, kicked off of Facebook. Uh, yeah, I mean, you couldn't say it on Twitter. Uh, my family, my wife's family, everybody thought I was insane. I was instantly... A trumper. Um, it was it was really crazy um, to think that y there are people out there even now that still think that a bat and a fish mated in some kind of biological way at a wet market in Wuhan, which also happens to be the exact same city, <laughs> whereas the, where there's the Wuhan. Uh, level lab, five lab or? of vir virology yeah. that studies the exact same virus <laughs> that happened to escape. Like, come on. So if you said that, uh, this is from the New York Times global health reporter, uh, Aporova Mandavili said that the lab leak theory was not just implausible, but also racist. <laughs> After... Senator Tom Cotton raised questions about COVID's possible lab origins. <clears throat> the New York Times and the Washington Post labeled Cotton's remarks as a conspiracy theory. Many other corporate media outlets such as the Associated Press, the NPR, Forbes, etc. use the same term to describe any suggestion that it was man-made. So it's, it's now back in 2021 when Anthony Fauci finally after spending more than a year denying. And confusing was people, was it? Was it yeah. not? Was it? Yeah. 
Now, don't forget that Fauci also had leaked emails to indicate that he was 100% aware of COVID's uh, probable lab origins. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I knew that and I said that and I was also crazy and he was a savior and how could I say that about Fauci? Um, but uh, it's, it, it's, uh, he admitted it that, it, that it was in fact a lab leak. So that's a tough one. Yeah, I just remember seeing like the headlines constantly changing around, it, it couldn't have been, it's a wet market, to, well, could it have been, and then the tie to Canada, and the, the, um, the, the woman, the, where was it, Alberta, Edmonton? You're going to have to keep going. The, I don't know. Oh, gosh. There was some connection to the Wuhan lab. Oh, uh, from Winnipeg. The, from there was Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Okay, yeah, in was, Winnipeg. Um, uh, yeah, there was something to do with a lab in, in Winnipeg as well, mm -hmm. um, which did later come out that there has the the uh, Chapel Hill, um, like South Carolina, I believe, uh, and then the Chapel Hill is like a, a part of that. And then the Winnipeg Institute of Virology, I think, <clears throat> something like that. There was a connection between between them, but definitely from the NIAH, NIAD, NIAD, and... Uh, and, and the Wuhan Institute, because they had basically said, Obama had said back in, I think, 2013, uh, you know what, I think it's a bit dangerous for us to be studying these types of viruses in America. Um, I don't know, maybe they could be used for, for wrong. So believe it or not, they ban gain-of-function research, but then Fauci just basically takes the money that they would have given to the guy at Chapel Hill, Ralph Barrick, I think his name is, uh, and then they gave it to this lady at the Wuhan lab. So it's mm. just funneled differently, and now it takes place in China um, instead of America. But they're all still sharing the data and the research, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's just absurd that that took two years almost to come out. And by the way... Does anyone even really care that it, that that was? You know what I mean? Like, well, I there, think there hasn't been any repercussions. There hasn't been any discussion of the fact that we we knew from day one this is what happened. You guys covered it up. Mm -hmm. Why have we haven't talked about the media outlets that covered it up? Why they covered it up? How they covered it up? Who told them to cover it up? I think that's part of a, a tactic of confusion and overwhelming people with information. And you prolonged period of doing that, people just lose interest well, <clears throat> um they better start to get interested so what was the what was the second one okay number two the vaccine is not safe and doesn't prevent transmission <laughs> so this one this is going to be a tough one because uh i don't want to get censored for just saying vaccine but um here we go um okay i mean i knew well, right away, this was the discussion. Right away, the discussion was never about... I mean, if you can remember Donald Trump saying about ivermectin, hydrochloroquine, and zinc. Uh, there might have been one other thing. Um, and then they turned it into... Donald Trump said to drink bleach. And so if you said anything about an alternative treatment or protocol other than remdesivir and the possibility of them creating a vaccine at warp speed, you were insane. And first of all, 
<clears throat> I think the vaccine itself was a conspiracy theory because if you recall at the beginning, people were kind of talking about it and then pe people were like, there's no way that could happen. They're not going to do that. They could never get a vaccine out in a year or two. It's impossible. There's it no long-term studies. Yeah, they, they people just, wouldn't allow it. Yeah. And then within six months of that, it was like people begging for this vaccine to hurry up and I'll take it without, uh, I'll take it without any studies. I don't care. It, it just unraveled so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where people were saying, oh, they'll line up for it, even if it is experimental. Yeah. Okay, so I just want to read this a little bit here. Um, Daring to question the safety and uh, efficacy of the COVID-19 vaccine was considered blasphemy to the COVID cult. Developer of the mRNA vaccine technology, Dr. Robert Malone and Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene were permanently suspended from Twitter for demonstrating skepticism about the COVID-19 vaccines, uh, safety and effectiveness. Um... There was a professor from uh, New York that accused Malone um, of framing the conspiracy theory world and spreading misinformation. Um, they called any concerns about the safety of the vaccine a QAnon conspiracy theory. Now, I mean, that's just that's it's it's just so absurd. Reading this now, it mm -hmm. like makes me, it just makes me so. Well, it's upsetting because we saw so many doctors virologists, immunologists, anybody who, anybody in the healthcare professional or even researchers that had questioned, that brought up any sort of questioning to this narrative, were canceled, were censored, were defamed, deplatformed, were fired, had their licenses revoked. There still might even be some people that are going through that right now. There's many people going through that. <clears throat> yeah. So... Um Okay, now the other one, other part of this that I want to touch on is the fact that it doesn't prevent transmission. So this is one that um, we live in uh, Oxford County, which is just outside of, um, in between London and Toronto. Um, we recently moved here and had a meeting with the mayor, David Mayberry, and he sat, looked me in the eyes and told me um, that they had never said anything about vaccines preventing transmission. He said that was never part of the discussion it was never supposed to be guaranteed and I just couldn't believe my ears because if that was the case and it didn't do anything to prevent transmission then why would I have had to get it right if if it if it if that was never an issue then it wouldn't matter if you got it or I got it or whoever got it because it was never going to stop the transmission so it should just have been your choice so for him to have said that is absurd because mm -hmm. it's clearly the point of why we all were supposed to have to get it. Right. So right. Um, I, just, I just can't believe that we haven't dealt with this in a manner where it's been. People still, still don't know that. I, it's, it's just absurd. Um, it, it, makes me, it, makes me, it makes me feel like we're in for a long ride because mm -hmm. the longer this goes on without uh, the admittance that there was uh, lies, deception, etc., the more likely it is that it's going to happen again. Well, this is that was the whole argument with everybody needing to get vaccinated is that you have to protect each other. You you could kill your grandparents if you don't yeah. Yeah. if you don't get vaccinated. Yeah. 
the CDC recently admitted in January of 22 that while vaccines can make symptoms less severe, what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. Israeli researchers said that even the fourth dose of the COVID vaccine is not good enough to stop the spread. Like, give me a fucking break. Okay, number three. COVID deaths and hospitalization numbers are being inflated. This one was horrifying to watch. Yeah. Because we would be... I would be sharing information with people about how this guy was killed in a motorcycle accident, but he died of COVID-19. How the fuck did you die of COVID-19 riding, ripping around on your motorcycle? I am so sick right now that I'm going to go out for a ride on my motorcycle and just die while I'm riding. Well, and in the States, they said publicly that they're going to take a very liberal approach to, to um, tracking deaths. That mm-hmm. it does, it's not just death by, it's death with. And we're going to test people. Many, but, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, okay. Many people whose deaths were classified as COVID deaths had actually died with COVID rather than of COVID, yeah. which was artificially inflating the COVID-19 deaths and hospitalization numbers. Claims such as those were censored by big tech and called conspiracy theories by numerous corporate media outlets and fact checkers, such as the New York Times, Washington Post, Snopes, PolitiFact, NBC, blah, blah, blah. They're all in here. Um, Statistics show that now over 40% of COVID patients in New York City had actually been admitted for non-COVID reasons, 40%, for the initial two years of the pandemic and many other states, but but differentiating between primary and incidental COVID-19 hospitalizations, which made the state drop its COVID deaths count by 37,000 by adopting the new criteria. Um, A report was found that Washington State was over-reporting COVID-19 cases by up to 13% and counting anybody who tests positive for COVID-19. So now we should talk briefly about the PCR test, okay, while we're talking about this, Mm -hmm. because we know now, and and, and again, I knew this, I hate everybody, because, (laughs) because like in May, June, I was like, okay, so this test that the inventor who invented it said cannot be used to diagnose, to diagnose. Like, let's just get that right the fuck out there. His name's, what was his name? Carrie, Carrie, um, enter, yeah, can you, yeah, um, inventor of the piece, Carrie Mullen or something. Anyway, he's, believe it or not, he died the year before the pandemic, which was odd. Carrie B. Mullis. Carrie B. Mullis. Uh, he died the year before the pandemic, probably because he would have been, an outlier and a and an outcrier because he had already spoken of the PCR test and that it was not uh, qualified to be doing this kind of testing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to talk about the fact that we knew people like me knew, and I have, I do have a a bit of a science knowledge, but not nothing crazy. But I could read those studies and those reports and understand that the higher the cycles you ran the PCR test, the better chance you were going to have of picking up any kind of a debris that was going to trigger that test as positive. They were supposed to be running the cycles at under 25 and they were up upwards over of 40. 40. Yeah. If not over 40. So like 90 some odd percent of all of the positive tests were false positive. So not only do you have 40% of hospitalizations that are completely bullshit, but 90 some odd percent of all of these retards going out and getting tested and lining up to test. You remember that? Lined up 
for blocks to get tested for symptoms that they didn't have and to be told that they were very sick and to go home and die and wait for no treatment, wait for the vaccine to come and save you when they could have had ivermectin, hydrochloroquine, zinc, vitamin Vitamin C. Hey, vitamin D, go to a beach, go outside, go for a walk, go to the gym, go see your friends. Oh no, it's isolate, stay six feet apart, wear a mask and wait for the vaccine. Okay. Uh, anything else that you wanted to touch on on that? Um, on the, uh, um, do you remember the kickbacks, hospital kickbacks? Oh, I have it written down here. You have it written down here. Okay. So this was interesting. Um, we, (laughs) some of our research for this was rewatching the pandemic series one, two, and three. Uh, I, I, if you haven't seen the three documentaries, I highly recommend it. Um, especially if you're vaccinated, you, you do want to watch this. You do need to understand what is going on. Um, okay. So you were given in the United States, $13,000 per COVID admission. You were given 39 additional thousand dollars. If you put that patient on a vent. Now, Judy Mikovits said who, if you don't know who she is, you need to look her up. Judy Mikovits. She's been canceled. Um, she said that once you're on the vent, and I know this firsthand because I do have a neighbor that died on a vent. Mm-hmm. Um, once you're on that vent, you've killed them anyway um, because you've given them the wrong treatment right from the get-go. So they were dead anyway. Uh, and she said that they knew that the hydrochloroquine and zinc uh, and... Uh, anti-malaria medications were those anti-malaria malaria vaccinations are or sorry those treatments Mm -hmm. are part of the same family of viruses that covid was so that treatment would have been and was the most excellent protocol with a recycled drug that they had already had thousands of clinical trials and tests on except ivermectin is inexpensive and cannot be yeah because so you can't profit from it yeah because it's off label now yeah um okay so that was uh is that number three or four that was number four okay that was three okay so number four (laughs) (laughs) number four cloth masks are not effective (laughs) so this is a tough one because you know like like Jen said at the beginning, we had a, we we were a little bit we um, were scared we were scared, scared too. Yeah. Well, also my kid's dad's partner is a nurse, and this is the best part. Mm-hmm. We were going away to Nicaragua in February 2020, and I asked her, "Can I please? Can you please get me some masks and gloves from?" the hospital so that when we go because they weren't available at the 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 drugstore was completely cleaned out this is february when the majority of the population had no real idea what was going on or wasn't just the beginning wasn't yet scared so she gets me the mask and gloves and tells me like by the way this mask will not work for an airborne flu virus it laughed at us she laughed at us okay and then within Four months, we've both completely done a 180 and we're, we're at major odds here because now, now everybody has to wear a mask 24 seven at her house, wherever they go, they've got to wear masks. They're wearing like, 
it is crazy how somebody that knew and told me in February 2020, those masks will not work, could just be completely mm-hmm. programmed and brainwashed into, into disregarding all of her knowledge and switching teams so fast. Mm-hmm. If they, you know, the media, if you keep hearing messages over and over and over again, you keep hearing this parroted narrative over and over and over again, you start to believe it. Oh, yeah. Well, this is why yeah. you start to believe it. At the beginning of the pandemic, Americans were strongly instructed not to wear masks. Dr. Fauci said there was no reason to be walking around with a mask. The CDC explicitly stated that they did not recommend the use of face coverings. U.S. Surgeon General Jerome Adams accused mask buyers of putting our communities at risk after they conveniently changed their minds only a few weeks later with no clear scientific justification questioning the effectiveness effectiveness of masks suddenly became a dangerous conspiracy worthy, worthy of censorship. Fox News host Dan Bongino was permanently banned from YouTube for suggesting that masks are not effective in stopping the spread of the virus. And uh, NBC called similar remarks conspiracy theories. Um, a University of Louisville study of Louisville study found that mask mandates didn't slow the spread of COVID-19 after vehemently denying that masks were just political theater. Fauci eventually admitted that he was only wearing a mask, not to give mixed signals in January, 2022, the CDC finally conceded that cloth masks don't offer significant protection against the virus. Even CNN medical specialist, Lena Ween, when and Biden's COVID advisor admitted that cloth masks are little more than facial decorations. I think it was the biggest psychological experiment around who, who would comply. I can't believe how many big, strong men pussied out. I can't believe how many big, strong men tried to intimidate five foot, 230 pound me. I can't believe how many mothers fucking covered their child's only two methods of gaining oxygen for hours on end, particularly ones that would not wash them and change them out. I can't believe the doctors that required myself and other patients to do recovery, physiotherapy, trauma recovery in masks that you can't breathe in. It made people really unwell. It made people really unwell. And it made, um, like this, from a biological perspective for human functioning, we need to see each other's face in order to regulate our nervous system, in order to know if the other person is safe or not. So when we can't see somebody's face for a prolonged period of time, we're not getting, we're not regulating ourselves. And we're not developing oxytocin, which is that love uh, hormone in our body, which brings compassion and empathy. Um, it's what bonds us together. And so for children who need to see their parent in order to determine safety and they're normalizing putting masks on children 
who are not at risk, number one, we, we know that children were not at risk and we're putting masks on children that, and we're making masks to put on kids. We're making homemade masks to put on kids that don't fit them. Like little soldiers, little zombies, faceless, nameless, genderless, little things walking around that have no identity, no safety, no, no socialization, fear. That children at, you know, normalizing that in the schools and mandating it everywhere. Kids, after that, they said, you, you don't have to wear it anymore. They wanted to wear it because it made them feel safer. Some, yeah. I, for I, some kids. For some kids. For some kids. For some kids whose parents were, and I, I don't know, whatever, I don't give a shit. The parents who are asleep are the kids who are asleep. The kids have no, it's by no fault of the children. It's the parents. Yeah. So if the parent is still at home wearing a mask, obviously the kid's still going to do it. Well, obviously that parent, that adult is still scared and unwell themselves. Absolutely. That's trauma. That's absolutely. This is trauma. You put people in a state of stress for a prolonged period of time. This is trauma to the nervous system. Mm -hmm. You're keeping them in a perpetual state of fight or flight. Well, and now, now what we know is it's, it's not only like just the last three years that we've been in this state. Mm -hmm. we, we now know mm -hmm. with our research mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. this has been going on since like every generation yep. is getting psychological warfare, mm -hmm. like one hit after another. Mm -hmm. Like it's SARS-1, mm -hmm. it's, you know, we already talked about it. It's SARS-1, it's 9-11, it's, it's Ebola, it's all mm -hmm. the wildfires, it's climate mm -hmm. change, mm -hmm. it's gay shit, mm -hmm. it's everything. Mm -hmm. It's just one thing after another to keep you scared and in fear and easily controlled and manipulated. The biggest way, the easiest way to control people is to get them scared. Yeah. It's emotional, it's emotional warfare, psychological warfare. Okay, number five. Lockdowns don't work. Gov <laughs> <laughs> Governors who refuse to lock down their states, like Ron DeSantis, were called sociopath, uh, sociopaths pursuing genocide and accused of having blood on their hands by the corporate media. Anthony Fauci pushed for more lockdowns and claimed that they saved millions of lives. Meta-analysis from researchers at Johns Hopkins University, the Center for Political Studies in Copenhagen, and Lund University concluded that lockdowns only reduced COVID mortality by a mere 0.2%, which is probably bullshit too. The meta-analysis was widely criticized with the American journal Managed Care uh, that the paper was controversial for reasons including discrepancies around varied definitions of lockdown. Um, I mean, I don't know how in the world you people could have thought that that was a good idea or obeyed it. I, I, I mean... Fear. Fear of well, I obeyed it for the. I mean, we obeyed the ten days or fifteen days. Like I flattening the curve part. I, well, for a few of them. <laughs> for, for for a couple until I got through the until I got about twenty eight hours into the rabbit hole, and then I was like, uh, fuck then that. he woke up to what's going on. Um, but you know what that was? That was like also free freeing because um, I didn't care anymore. So I would go out and didn't 
matter and drive on drive and i had my charter of rights and freedoms in my car and then i had my uh i had all of the documentation that i would ever i hoped so hard that i would get arrested at an event i went to every single protest and event and um was just waiting but i think like the cops knew they must look at me and go i don't want to fuck with i mean the man. cops protested too we did have yeah we did have the cops, cops protested for too. their own rights too with yep. all of this yep um, but just thinking about all of the, like, I just want to give you, do you mind if I, if well, I think you should, but speaking to your grandma, that situation, I think that's, mm-hmm. that's a really valid point when we're talking about lockdowns. Mm. So my, my grandmother's Japanese Canadian was in a retirement home for, it was a Japanese retirement home and, uh. They they were the ones that grew up in the war that were put in internment camps. And um, they all watch a lot of CNN. And they basically closed them down from the outside world. And I wasn't allowed to visit. Um, they were only allowed one visitor, one family member to visit them for, I think it was almost like two years. And that visitor had to be up to date with their vaccines um, and had to wear a mask in, in their apartments. Um, I watched my grandmother decline rapidly, emotionally and psychologically during that time. It was, it was sickening to see someone so with it, able-minded and I mean, able-bodied, like she's like a tiny little Japanese lady. So, um, she was so tiny, but she was very capable. She was tech savvy. She was like, yeah, more than me on her iPad or computer. She, she was, um, quite with it and then conversation after conversation and it was I watched her be brainwashed like I watched her struggle with her own cognitive dissonance when I would talk to her because she at one point called me an anti-vaxxer and I looked at her and said what just because I I'm choosing to wait on something that is still experimental doesn't mean I'm an anti-vaxxer why would you call me a name like that and I watched her look and like and pause and like fight her own thoughts because she had been all all she does because they can't they're not allowed to leave they're not allowed to do anything they're not allowed to have people come in they're not even allowed to hang out with each other in the building mm-hmm. that she fought her own cognitive dissonance when I said that and was like had to pause like oh uh, oh my Jenny like why would I Right, you're my Jenny. Mm-hmm. Like I watched her fight that cognitive distance in that moment when I said, why are you calling me a name like that? That's not nice. But she, you know, all day, all day long they watched uh, CNN, you know, and they're just, they're just fed information that's fear-mongering and that is only one-sided narrative. And it's, it's driving division. And it, it did amongst families. For anybody who thought, uh, you know, the lockdowns were good, you like that is significant brainwashing, especially what we know now, what we know now with mental health, mm-hmm. the suicide rates going up, mental health going up, substance abuse going up, domestic violence going up. And you think d- lockdowns were a good idea. I knew at the beginning of that, watching the people, like just in my own practice, people were struggling. People need social connection. People were dying to come into my office just to sit with somebody. That lack of human connection. We are social beings Mm -hmm. and we need that 
in order to thrive. You take that away from people, you isolate them, you create more loneliness. No wonder why we had mass psychosis happening, mass formation psychosis. Mm -hmm. People were unwell. That made them unwell. And then have them sitting in front of their television for upwards of 20 hours a day Mm -hmm. and be fed the Mm -hmm. same narrative Mm -hmm. on every single channel. Mm -hmm. Close the gyms, close down community parks, close down anything that would help people be well. But keep the bars, or sorry, keep the liquor, liquor stores, stores open, open, the cannabis stores open, and uh, make sure we can get fast food to you. What the hell? Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell? And You're trying forget, to make people sick. Don't forget about the differentiating between essential and non-essential. Like, that's, that's something that we fucking let slip through the cracks over the last couple of years. What the fuck happened to that? Oh, oh, you're not essential. You oh, can't have your oh, business open. Sorry, Costco is essential. Uh, 17,000 people need to go to Costco today, but the seven people that are going to go into the little store that sells all natural care products, uh, that's dangerous. Um, no, you're going to have to reshape your entire business if you want to make any money. You're going to have to figure out how to deliver, how to do online. Everyone's got, right? I mean, think of how many businesses had to fucking boom, shift on the fly and go, shit, I need an online Shopify. It was just a, a way to get like it, it's just a it way destroyed to destroy small us. businesses. Yeah, like it the, just destroyed. It's them. just obvious that they don't yeah. want us to have control. They want us to work for shitty corporate businesses that care about ESG and env- envir- environmental social governance. If you don't know what that means, look it the fuck up. They only wanted us to be working for big corporations and they wanted to shut every single small business down so that the middle class continues to dwindle and so we continue to separate between rich and poor. Every lockdown you saw more and more businesses shutting down. Aren't family businesses essential? Isn't my right to fend for my family and provide for my family to pay my mortgage? Isn't that essential? That seems pretty essential. That's I'm pretty sure that's essential to be able to pay for food. Especially when people like us didn't fall into one single category for government handouts. Mm -hmm. We didn't fall into any category. Some people got 30 grand from the government and they had to pay back 10. So what they would do is they would take the 30, they would instantly take 10, send it right back, and then boom, I just got 20 grand. Like, are you fucking kidding me? People like us didn't get anything. Even the businesses that got those government grants, it still didn't do much for no, when of, their of rent is not. eight grand of course, and they yeah. have, and they're shut down for how many weeks on end, months covered, on end? No, you're right. It covered a couple of months rent, of course. And then the other loans that they did get, they had to pay back. So now, I mean, they're just, they're double fucked now. There's just no so way. many, like so many businesses had to take out loans just to stay afloat. I mean, we were really pushing and supporting small businesses in the community, and all we did was support small business. Mm-hmm. We were small business too. We had we, to sell. Uh, we had to sell our one of our properties because we just it didn't make financial sense. Everybody, every clinician was shut down and and wasn't paying their rent because they weren't allowed to work. So what what the fuck did people like us get out of it? Landlords that had. So as a landlord, that was our retirement plan too. Yeah, we, we, as, as we have a new one now, so fuck you. But <laughs> anyway, at the time, landlords, so, so I've got a property and I rent out X number of rooms to massage therapists and other clinicians. Okay, you work out of that space. Now, all of these clinicians are told you can no longer work and see people in, in uh, person. So 
I don't agree with those people not paying me because that's not exactly fair to me, but they can't work. So they're paying rent for me to work in a space that they're not allowed to work out of. So it's a, it's a complete ass fuck for everybody involved. So mm -hmm. the, the best solution for us was to just put it up for sale and the market was luckily good and we could rent a space temporarily until we figured it out. And then, you know, we figured it out, but well, we figured it out, but that was a big, um, yeah, that was, that was not exactly part of our, our plan. No, but it worked out beautifully. It worked out the way it needed to. And I just want to say that during all of the lockdowns and the mask mandates, the, the building that I had rented my, my office out of, I was amongst a whole bunch of other clinicians. And one of the things that um, I was being support, I was supporting those with disabilities and their mask exemptions. And I had a note on the door because the note, you remember everywhere, mask mandate, mask mandate, on the, notes on the doors everywhere you went. I put a note underneath that to say, unless you are exempt, we accept all humans. And I'm, assuming it was one of the clinicians in the building ripped that down and stuck it on my office door. And I just remember thinking like, this is not where I'm, I, I'm not supposed to be in this space. There's too much affirming the fear narrative and there's too much divide happening. And we're not actually doing what our job is, which is being an advocate for those with disabilities and being a voice for those who don't have a voice mm -hmm. and still, and not discriminating because of their disability. Mm -hmm. It's just funny how that disability didn't matter. No, because the collective good matters. Virtue signaling is now more important. So you've got, That's the mass formation psychosis right there. So you've got society that cares more about the fact that... So number three or whatever it was indicated that cloth masks don't work. So we know that. And we knew that. You knew that. Mm -hmm. You just chose not to listen. So fuck yeah. you. But the, the point of that is, is that you would rather... One in two women are sexually abused of some kind. So you would rather 50% of women be forced to comply with something that is severely affecting their trauma. Or if they even chose not to wear a mask like me, then you've got 50% of women who are affected by all the other retards wearing masks because now I'm triggered as fuck by being alone in an alley or a dark corner of a store with a man in a mask that I can't identify. I can't see his face. I can't feel safe about that. The ludicrousy is, it, it never, it will never cease to amaze me. And the fact that we have not had our government vocalize yet in a very substantial way that they were very fucking wrong mm -hmm. is very concerning to me. Mm -hmm. Very concerning. Um, number six, natural immunity is more effective than vaccination. This is my favorite. <laughs> I, I think I was off Facebook for a long time because of this one. Um, I'm just going to read a little blurb from here the guardian called natural immunity a far-right conspiracy theory the washington post called natural immunity fantasies of pure blood at the centerpiece for the anti-vaccine ideology mother jones said that natural immunity was a dangerous idea provoked 
pro- promoted by anti-vaxxers and fringe groups. U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy said that natural immunity is not nearly as strong as the vaccine. After originally insisting that vaccines offered more protection than previous infection, the CDC recently released a new study in January of 22 contradicting its original claims. An Israeli study suggested that this is more protection, uh, sorry, that this is more, like 13 times more effective than a, than a vaccine. A Project Veritas investigation showed multiple Pfizer scientists confessing to an undercover journalist that your COVID antibodies are better than Pfizer vaccines. Natural immunity has always been a scientific fact. In 2020, it became a dangerous conspiracy theory. Now it's being hailed as a new scientific discovery. Give me a fucking break. I I don't even know how much I can go into this because it's just so infuriating. Like, like everybody knows what, what, why didn't you all get so stupid? Right? Like, where did you all go wrong in this? Like, couldn't you remember chicken pox? Like, don't you remember what happened? You got chicken pox and then you never had it again. And then it, 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 when you got it, when you were a kid, it was actually better because it saved you from coming down with something like... Yeah, the chicken uh, pot parties. Right? Shingles yeah. or something later mm-hmm. in life. And then they said, mm-hmm. that's a myth. You need your vaccine. No, it's not a myth. Um, well, don't you... I Like hearing how many people had COVID multiple times, don't you think that's kind of interesting? Whereas people that have natural immunity, you're not hearing that? Yeah, like me and you. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of weird how... Um, I, I mean, look, I may or may not have had a flu in 2021. I had a very bad flu over Christmas. We all, we We all all did. did. Um, was it COVID-19 or was it the flu? Cause the symptoms were the exact same. same. Um, it took me quite a while to recover 10 days probably because I was not super healthy at the time I was, we were, we were getting better, but I was still working my shit out. Um, and that was it. Yeah. And then you just continue on with life. And our kid, she was, she woke up Christmas Eve, remember? Mm-hmm. And she's like never sick. But, um, anyways, she's never sick. And, um, she laid on, I remember she pulled these two chairs we have together, made a bed and got a blanket and pillows and literally slept the entire day. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. uh, woke up Christmas morning at like four in the morning and was like, can we get presents? And, <laughs> and, and me and then me and you were like really sick that I think we got really, we started to get really sick that day. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah. my God. Like, Kids recover so fast. Right? So fast. Um, I don't, I mean... Oh, I have COVID again. Oh, I have to, I can't come to work. I have COVID again. Didn't you have the COVID shot? Seven of them. And well, how are you still having COVID? Like I had a girl who was supposed to come see a house a little while ago and messaged me and said, hi, I tested positive for COVID. I just don't know if you want me to still come or if we should reschedule. And I was like, uh, are you sick? And she said, no, I don't have any symptoms. And I said, Okay, well, I'm good if you're good. I, I mean, I think this is absurd. And she was like, oh, okay. 
And then I like purposely want to shake hands and get close because I just like it's just absurd. Well, like getting back to being human again was like a social experiment because people had gone so far being removed from each other that they forgot like, oh, it's okay that we can come back. Like at the beginning, when we walk in our neighborhood, we were in like a suburban area at the time and we'd be walking on the sidewalk and you you used to just walk past somebody and just say hi, you know, that was like the normal thing to do. And then as things started to progress, people would just be like, oh, polite, I'll just move out of the way and get onto the road and go past to then all of a sudden crossing the street and completely avoiding. And then from there, no more eye contact, no more saying hi. Masks on, head down. Masks on, head down. Like we just completely disconnected from humanity to the point where we were just trying to bring back that sense of normalcy where I watched a video clip of on, I think it was CTV, um, that they were teaching people how to smile again. Like this, there was a class on relearning how to smile. Wasn't that in Korea? Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. So crazy. It's true. But you know what? Kids... Like I find that kids really that they shouldn't be they should be less focused about teaching kids about gender ideology in grade seven and they should be teaching them more about social skills because it's I see it I mean I see it all the time we see all kinds of kids and they're very they're very challenged the ones in the school system the ones that we know are mostly out of the school system so they're obviously cooler and different um but the ones in the school system have a really hard time making eye contact um coping yeah anxiety Mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay number seven vaccines interfere with menstruation cycles (laughs) ABC News' Dr. Jen Ashton said there was zero evidence that there was any relationship between vaccines and menstrual cycles and said that suggesting so defies science. Stanford's child's health gynecologist, Dr. Paula Hillard, said it's biologically implausible that the vaccine can impact menstrual cycles or fertility. Political commentator Candace Owens was called a conspiracy theorist for suggesting the vaccine could interfere with women's menstruation cycles and therefore affect their fertilities. Studies from the NIH and the Journal of Obstetrics Obstetrics. Thank you. And gynecology published in January of 2022 revealed that the vaccine can, can indeed lead to delays in the onset of menstrual periods. And that's just the beginning. There's a, there's way more we can talk. We could get into that another time about the, uh, fertility. fertility. I mean, we, we 100% have seen now, um, information coming out that there is a major, uh, issue and if you're not if, if you don't know yet that they're trying to sterilize people so that w- we can reduce populations um i don't know you, you call me all the names in the book but you're the one that's absurd yeah. um okay there was one more that uh, was not on this list but that we felt we needed to add in um let's face it i thought i needed to add it in number eight vaccines will lead to digital vax passports <laughs> So this is really funny because I really do remember it was like, first it was a conspiracy against vaccines in general. Mm -hmm. Then it was, you're a terrible person if you don't love, trust, and believe in the vaccine. 
Um, and then it was, if you get a, if you get one, it's going to lead to vaccine passports. And people were like, no, they're not. That's a conspiracy theory. You're crazy. And guess who was not allowed to leave my country, fly in a plane, go on a train, go on a city bus, um, a go to a restaurant. restaurant. I couldn't go into a food court. Um, I mean, I couldn't. Okay. My doctor in London, Ontario at the Wortley village medical center, um, uh, Dr. Gorman would not allow me, would not see me. And when I demanded to be seen, she, without a mask, she only allowed me to come into her office. She had boots, a gown, an N95, a head... The plastic headpiece. A headpiece. The shield. Yeah. Rubber gloves. I mean, and she was wearing her eyeglasses. So she's pretty covered, okay? And um, I don't remember the exact reason that I was there. Again, I, I was in a pretty bad car accident, so it might have just been some kind of a... Irregular checkup that you were supposed to Something that have. I needed to do, yeah. but... Um, she had to leave the room, and then she came back in, and I said, are they making you do this, or is this, your, is this just how you're treating me? And she said, no, the health unit has regulated that anybody that's not in a mask, this is how we have to treat them. This is our protocol. And I said, well, I have some medical uh, background, and I believe you just broke your own protocol because I don't think you can leave this examination room in your garb and your booties, leave the room, do whatever it was that you were doing for a couple of minutes, and then come back because now you've contaminated yourself. And I don't know what her face really looked like because she was covered, but let's just say that she ate shit that day. Because I could not believe the absurdity. And I am so proud of myself for saying that to her that day. Sometimes I look back on things that I say and I'm like, fuck Jess. Like, why the fuck do you say everything that you think? <laughs> but you know what? No, that one was fucking legit. Well, you stood up for yourself and that's your right to do that. When, like... Y- Having that visual of somebody dressed like that in order to come to see you, like that message of like, wrong I'm a me. parasite. When there's nothing wrong when there's with no, me. I'm healthy. I'm just coming in for my checkup because I'm, you're tracking me for my, my brain injury. <laughs> it definitely is highly stressful and triggering bringing, like even thinking about all of this because the amount of shit that we went through and because of Jess's, um, you had a major brain injury. Um, and so you were going through treatment at this time and you were denied services because of your treatment. I learned very quickly. And once I started doing my research, like, because that's what my background is in, how you were being discriminated against. And that's what really woke me up. And a lot of my clients were experiencing the same thing that have severe trauma, severe trauma. And they're now not able to function in society and they're discriminated by public shaming because they're not following a certain narrative is mind boggling. So we, we, all the disability rights that we've been pushing and supporting just went out the window completely because the collective virtue signaling is more important. And I think that's why it's so important that we have this acknowledged 
yeah. because you have all kinds of governing bodies mm-hmm. still holding professionals, professionals hostage. hostage and accountable even after we've just gone through all of these conspiracies that turned out to be 100% correct. So the fear is that they, they have not acknowledged the mistakes that they've made and they're still going after people, even though I just read you where those studies came from and showed that A, masks don't work, B, lockdowns don't work, and C, vaccines didn't prevent transmission or were safe. We have never had that acknowledged. And until we do, mm-hmm. there is a major fraud being perpetrated on... I mean, basically the, the whole globe. Yeah, and we've had, we've had acknowledgement of like the mental health pandemic that's happened. The, this is the mental health pandemic more than anything now. And that lockdowns severely, severely impacted our, our nation. Um, and if you think of it like all the doctors, the nurses, the chiropractors, the professors, the university professors, um, researchers, anybody who has spoken out, anybody who has offered a different view, and anybody who has challenged that, that the, the main narrative, you've been completely destroyed. Your, your career has been destroyed. And this continues on. This is still going on for doctors and nurses and, and myself included. So just like Jordan Peterson, that anybody in the public can make a formal complaint to the colleges against somebody for feeling offended or not agreeing with your view. I'm going through this right now. Somebody that I don't know, somebody in the public didn't like what I was sharing when I was describing that lockdowns are going to impact mental health, that mask mandates that are... There's exemptions for those with disabilities. That my advocacy is considered misinformation and professional misconduct. And that anybody can make a complaint. And my case is going as high in, in my college with the hearing. I'm up there with, with clinicians that have had sexual interference with clients. My code of ethics is to be an advocate for those who are marginalized, discriminated, and oppressed, and to be an advocate for those that have those experiences in our society. And I know what I did is right, and it stands true to my code of ethics. My social media is wide open to the public, and you can go through it all and see that for yourself. Even the public health, I, the public health, I screenshotted what the public health order was and the human rights code, screenshotted that and, and shared it so that people were aware. To me, that's advocacy. What, I remember when the, um, the health unit put forward the, the exemptions, the mandate, and I read it very clearly and read the human rights code and the Ontario Disability, the Disabilities Act and, um, like, number one, that wasn't accessible for people to even read. When people think man, man is mandatory, every, you just have to do it. No, but there is exemptions, and, and the health unit shared that. Um, so right now, I'm, I'm going through uh, the case right now with the college, 
because somebody in the public believes that I was spreading misinformation when I was doing advocacy work for, for people with disabilities. This is wild. This is wild. And it's still going, still ongoing. And any, there's so many other uh, professionals that are going through this right now. And just like Jordan Peterson, where he said, like, the college wants him to pay several thousands of dollars for a re-education program that he has to take in order to keep his license. That's absurd. That is absurd. And then the best part is after he has to write a paper. And if they don't like the paper, he has to write it again and pay another 3000 and so on and so on until they like it. This is like parenting. You're going, you're going to your parent to get in trouble with your tail between your legs. This is shaming. I feel it's like more this like is communism, but this I mean, is gaslighting. It's a lot worse than parenting. This is abuse. This is abuse to the profession, I think. I, it's abuse to all of the citizens of, of Canada. We've been abused by our government. Mm -hmm. We've been abused, lied to, traumatized, mind controlled, programmed. Yeah, and my job deceived. has never been to push a government uh, perspective. My job is not to do that. Nor should it be. Right? Your job isn't to push anybody's narr any narrative. Any narrative. Anyways, this is it this is all wild and it's but here's the wonderful thing that this has brought. It's brought me deeper into my truth, deeper into my uh intuition, deeper into my own inner knowing and learning to stand in my integrity and anybody who challenges the narrative because of they know that that's what's right takes so much courage that they're willing to put their profession on the line. Anybody who's willing to put their own profession on the line for doing what's right and what's good they hold so much integrity and they have something worth listening to all right well let's talk about let's talk about the other mayhem that we saw which which what particular <laughs> like go ahead be more specific mm. what do you got i mean we can oh the constitutional rights Medical rape, tyranny. All, like there's some really big mm -hmm. things that we haven't discussed. Medical rape of um, the mandatory vaccinations that so many people had to get, even if they didn't want it. How they about, had to do it in order yo, to keep their job. How about this? Yo, want to talk about mayhem? Okay. Do you remember the fucking mobile vaccine clinics that they set up and then put right. ice cream trucks beside and they were coercing 12 year olds and up to come and they would specifically coerce them to come without their parents and they were vaccinating 12 year old and up children without parental consent weren't they doing that in the schools too they had vaccine clinics they had vaccine clinics and i do absolutely know of people who say that their child was vaccinated without their consent. consent. That they had no idea that that was happening that day. And here's the problem, is that in schools, if you were a parent like us and you were not going to vaccinate your child, there might have been a chance that your child thought they knew better or wanted to be 
with the in crowd at school because they were getting bullied and harassed because you had teachers literally every day asking who got their vaccine? Did you get your vaccine yet? And so some of these kids were just like, mom, can I just please get it so that like, I don't have to get made fun of, like I want it. So that was happening too, where, where the, the kids were deliberately hiding it from the parents, not telling them that it was vaccine day so that they could just do it. Right. Like, are you, are you serious? That's insane. I still can't believe that we've been through this. This is still, I know. I, I still know. can't believe my that. heart rate goes up even just like, like I can feel it in my body. The trauma still lives deep in, in the cells of my body. The memory of my body remembers just even talking about this. It just brings, it floods all the memories back. Mm. And the amount of people that I've heard say that they got something that they didn't want to get put in their body because they needed to be able to keep their job. Like medical rape is real. This this was not okay. This is there's so much coercion that happened during this time. And there's still nurses that aren't being hired back and we are in a state of crisis with our medical system and you don't want to hire back the nurses. Right. They, we're, but the we're best, common sense. But the best thing is that some of, okay, fine, some of them have gone off and, and created other lives and have found better things, fine. But some of them are just working in other uh, facilities that, that the people don't care that they're not vaccinated. So it's like, you didn't really do anything. Because I know people 100% that got fired from hospital jobs that are now working back in their same field, just either in, a, in, a, in, a, in another Capacity. facility. yeah. They're just not in the hospital, but they're still working as a nurse or whatever they're doing. FYI. Um, some other mayhem. I don't know. Like, are you guys still remembering the fact that our bank accounts were seized? That we were deemed domestic terrorists if you supported the trucker convoy, which I 100% did. And love it. And I'm so proud that we did that because... What was wrong with that? There was not one incident of violence. The homeless people in Ottawa were never so well and, and purposed and full of gratitude and clean. The streets of Ottawa were never so clean. The, what they were showing a lot in the media, it wasn't true. Oh, and by the way, let me just mention that these motherfuckers who lived in downtown Ottawa who were pissing their pants crying about the honking that happened for two weeks. You know what? The torture that people like me suffered for the last three years is nothing compared to some fucking honking. The injuries that people have experienced from medical rape. So the vaccine injuries, all of the other, like, I mean, we haven't even got on that topic yet. Mm -hmm. We know so injuries, many people. But like, come yeah. on, guys. Yeah. Like, you're, you're, oh, your parent died last year at 60 or 58 and, oh, sudden death. Oh, died suddenly. Oh, died suddenly. Oh, oh, this 13-year-old kid playing soccer had cardiac arrest. Oh, oh, is that normal? Oh, because when I was a kid, athletes. I could never remember one kid that uh, had a heart attack playing hockey. Never. All the Never. myocarditis. The only things I remember is me laying girls out and they got fucked up from that. <laughs> but I don't remember anybody having a heart attack. Or okay. autoimmune. Like all the amount of uh, autoimmune stuff happening. Like there's just so... Cancer? 
cancer, cancer? stage four stage four cancer all like, of a sudden it, so if it basically if you had cancer in the past and you got vaccinated guess what it's back yeah and all the women that we know that have had menstrual changes too even so i even we, i had menstrual changes and i feel it was because um i had a a really good friend in my life who did not tell me that she got jabbed purposely hid it from me i mean i i can appreciate why but like didn't tell me if she had just told me and then said like i understand if you don't want to hang out for a few weeks which i totally would have said but so i was hanging out with her not knowing that she'd been jabbed in fact the whole fucking house had been jabbed and i'm sure that between her and my um and avalyn at her dad's um they all were vaccinated so i feel like just that alone was more than enough um impact yeah impact for the um what was the word viral shedding shedding thank you mm-hmm. that we weren't allowed to say shedding i guess mm-hmm. that could be number nine because shedding For is real like <laughs> remember like they're like shedding's not a thing um guess what it's, it's a fucking real. thing um i want to just mention that the constitutional rights that we have in canada our charter um had been extremely violated during this time our ability to have free speech, uh, freedom of assembly. First off, when when all other protests are allowed except anything to do with uh, freedom, <laughs> are you serious? That that is the only protest that you can't attend. That's the one that's not allowed. But it's still freedom of assembly. We still have that right. We have the freedom of conscience as well. We're allowed to think differently and to think for ourselves. So um, I'm just looking at some of my notes and I see Gates, Flights, Lolita Express, Pedophilia, Meet Philanthropy. <laughs> trying to think of like where I was going with the that train, one. The but chain of thought with that one. <laughs> so I was just like, what was that all about? But I do think it's, uh, I do think I just want to also touch on... Um, a couple of years ago, they released um, that study about Gates releasing the uh, 200, I don't want to be incorrect. Can you, can you fact check this? 200,000 or 200 million mosquitoes in the Florida Keys that he released. Um, and as so I remember reading that and thinking, oh, uh, that can't be good. Why, who's letting him do this? And then, uh, I read a couple months ago that he was working on this anti-malaria vaccine, which he's been working on in Africa, killing innocent people for two decades. Um, Can't find a number, and it's all like it's false. Like it's all oh, it's all f- <laughs> fact-checked by Politifact, I'm sure. The one and Snopes, the two, the <laughs> porn, the porn guy, and the his wife's a porn star, and. 750 million genetically engineered mosquitoes approved for release in Florida. This is on CNN, so it's got to be real. I think it's 2003 or 2023, is it? 2020. 2020. Yep, updated 2020. Okay, perfect. So that's what I wanted. So 750 of malaria that have there has not been a case of malaria for something like 20 or 30 years 
in the U.S. And now we have a uh, problem have, reaction solution. Yeah. So I'm going to create the problem and the solution and control the reaction. Mm-hmm. It's just and then profit it's off just all of it. Brilliant. His his um his uh, investment on okay. Can you check this too? His investment on vaccines is two hundred to one, twenty to one, or two thousand to one. I can't remember. My numbers are obviously skewed, but his his return on vaccine investment cannot be. You you cannot miss this point. Okay, the guy has literally. It's like. Even if it's 20 to 1, his return is... Just pick any of those. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, just this is 16... This says 16-fold, a return, 16-fold. Bill Gates is making 200 billion from vaccines. Um, okay, so... <laughs> so, guys, if, if you honestly still think that this is real, I'm, I don't know what to say to you at this point. I'm not trying to... I, I really am not trying to create hate or make anybody feel stupid, but you're fucking idiots. <laughs> if you still think that this is real. I'm sorry, but I just told you that he genetically modified and engineered mosquitoes, released them, created a vaccine, and now they have malaria. You can't make this up. We've watched the largest wealth transfer happen in the past few years. So, you know, the... The he's motto of follow the money. He's a salesman. You guys have to go back and research him in the 90s. You, you don't have a long enough fucking memory because most of you weren't even born yet. This fucker was in a lot of trouble with the U.S. government for spying um, and putting software into their computer systems, okay? He was a dirtbag and everybody hated him and he was a weirdo. He's obviously a pedophile. You can tell by looking at him. But regardless, he's a weirdo, okay? And then he leaves the public scene for a very short period of time. He reinvents himself. Later that year, he starts the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And all of a sudden, he's a philanthropist now. And he's just donating all of his wealth to Africans. To dub the, the WEF. If, if WEF, we haven't even talked about that. I know. Yeah. I can't even, like, I can't, there's just, there's just there's too, too much. much. It, and it's all connected. And that's the difficult part that I, that I've got to get, mm-hmm. that I've got to get you guys understanding is that once you pull out one thread, the whole fucking thing comes apart. The whole thing comes loose. And it's so obvious. You just have to see. You have to look. You just have to look. Yeah. And, you know, these, um, these, these, these documentaries that I know if you're not really awake, you're going to think are more, cons- more conspiracy theories. But, I mean, I, guys, I've already explained to you as best as I can in a short period of time how these have all been debunked, and this is absolutely fact. If you go back and you watch these three documentaries the perspective you will gain and the knowledge and information you will have for what's coming, okay? Because I'm so sorry, but it is not over. You people who think it's back to normal now and they just encroached fine, so much on... It's <laughs> not over. It's yeah. coming. It's coming back, whether it's with climate lockdowns, whether it's with another 
um, pandemic with uh, MERS, okay? Um, uh, whatever it, it's going to be. But it's, it's coming back. And again, this is why I can't express enough how important it is that we have some acknowledgement that there was something done wrong. Because until somebody says that, this is all going to continue. The WHO is now just signed a document that gives them, not your government, them the power in a pandemic. They will declare a pandemic and your government will have zero say. And they will dictate what the plan is. And that is head by uh, uh, Tedros. Um, uh, okay, give me that name. Uh, Tedros. Um, okay. Ga Gabriesis. Gabriesis. Okay. Tedros Adhanom Gabriesis. Now, let's make something clear. He is not a medical doctor. He was the former Ethiopian, Ethiopian, Ethiopian. Thank you, health minister, accused of multiple cover-ups. And there are many people, articles, journalists, papers, you name it, that call him a terrorist. And then ask yourself why he was named the head of the WHO right before the pandemic because they needed a terrorist to keep you people in line, to terrorize you. If, if that doesn't open your eyes and if you're still like, eh, not enough, Jess, I need some more, I don't know what I can do for you. I don't know what I can do for you. I just want to remind people that our prime minister, his political platform was based on division. It was based on keeping the vax from against the unvaxed. Mm. That was his whole political Black platform. Black versus white, women yeah. versus men. It, his platform was based on keeping people at odds with each other. That's not what we're here for. We're all brothers and sisters. We're all meant to be, we're all equal. We are all equal. And to keep us pinned against each other, to keep us angry, to keep us fighting, that's a big part of all of this. Pitted against each other. What did I, pinned? pinned? Of course. I got one in there. <laughs> Anyways, um, I wanted to, maybe we'll just wrap it up with um, some feedback I got from people on Instagram. I just asked uh, publicly what uh, what were some of your biggest lessons that you took away from the COVID era um, and that here are the answers I got. Humans need connection. Trust my intuition above all else. Mm. Speak your truth. Who your real friends are. You learn who your real friends are. Trust truth about vaccines. Think for yourself before just following the crowd. Um, that uh, everything we've been ever being taught is a lie. Connection is key. Trust myself, just how much the media controls us. Finding a few like-minded people will keep you strong and sane. Mm, the human true. psyche under fear means that all bets are off. Slowing down is exactly what I needed. Turn off the noise, appreciate the moment, live and let live, be the light you wish to see. Mm. So our... I mean, there was so much more that we actually wanted to talk about, but didn't get to, and it's just, there's a lot of information and it's, um, it's aggravating kind of going over it all. Um, 
And that's why our next episode um, is around exiting the matrix. And this is really um, by request by several people to talk more in depth about that. Given all the information from this podcast today and the anger that comes up from it, because anger is a means of our our boundaries being violated, it's a normal human response to that, this is how we channel it. This is we're going to talk about how to channel the our energy into exiting out of all these systems that hold us emotionally, physically, psychologically hostage and to create sovereignty in our lives. I think we're going to end the podcast by playing um, about a 30 or 45 second clip from uh, Plandemic 2. Um, so we'll leave you guys with that and we will see you next time not a time for us to go in a mob frenzy find the perpetrators and haul them into the town square and pillory them this is a moment for us to recognize that every decision that is being made today by any of the conspiring parties made perfect sense in each increment when each one of those decisions was made the sum of those incremental steps has led to devastation because they lost touch with their fellow humanity. But that's an invitation for each one of us to examine how we're living and how not a single decision we make, not one in any moment is without consequence. This is our moment to reclaim our humanity. Our lives are shaped and guided by stories. The stories we're told become the stories we tell. The more we hear them, the more we believe them. When used as a tool, they help us to better understand who we are, where we came from, and where we're going. When used as a weapon, they can be deadly. One of the most dangerous stories we've been told is the one that goes something like this. Humanity is a failed experiment. We are parasites, a cancer, a virus. Human beings are a disease. It is a myth that permeates our movies, our music, our media, and our minds. As they say, repeat a lie often enough. It becomes truth. Perhaps that was the goal of the authors of that story. Um, we feel too afraid to have kids um, because we feel that we're heading towards civilization breakdown as a result of Fear shuts down the part of our brain designed to solve problems. Without that ability, we look for others to guide and save us. In doing so, we lose touch with our most primal nature. We forget that we are an extension of the most brilliant and resilient ecosystem in the universe. We stop eating food grown from the earth and begin consuming products processed from machines. We trade medicines that heal for drugs that harm. 
we abandon love and liberty for debt and dependency. The good news is our story is not over. The climax has yet to come. That moment when the hero rises from defeat, summoning a force they forgot they had. A force within. A force of nature. <laughs> 